Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Movie Newbie. I'm your host, Jabril, and get ready for the show. Just a word of warning, spoilers ahead. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back. It's now episode four. Guys, episode what? four. Episode four, how did we get here? <laughs> yeah, so we're at episode four of the Movie Newbie, and um, I guess we're here to talk about a new theme this time. We got a new yeah. one for you guys. Um, a new series to dig into. Yeah. And um, I've got two guys here. I don't know if you, you remember who they are. They're, they're my good friends, Raf and Ollie. How about you guys introduce yourself? Hello. Uh, my name is Raphael Leca. I don't know why I'm putting on this accent, but hello. <laughs> hello, and I'm Oliver. Sweet. So, um, yeah, so take it away with the new theme, dude. Um, okay, well, this is very exciting because uh, this new theme is going to be under one filmmaker. Uh, and this is a filmmaker that's my personal favorite. He's my all-time favorite. He is the reason why I uh, I love films, I cherish films, and I'm so passionate about them. He 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 brought in this new wave in uh, in cinematic features uh, that has influenced cinema as we know it. Um, and his name is Steven Spielberg. And the theme will be under him, and we will pick three of his, let's say, most best-prized films. And the first movie we will be exploring in his vast filmography is Jaws, 1975 summer blockbuster hit Jaws. And perhaps the first summer blockbuster that introduced summer blockbusters. You can't talk about Hollywood, you can't talk about film history without talking about Jaws. This is a, uh, you know, a really big one to dig our teeth into, and it's a, it's going to be a really important part of your film education, Gabriel. So I'm excited for you to watch it, even though I'm sorry it is uh, quite scary. But you know, yeah. you might not find it scary in the same way you find modern horror movies scary. I mean, I found I, I watched this movie, I think when I was like, ten or eleven. Oh, with a bunch of my friends. Scarring. Well, I don't remember it at all. I, I think it was like something where. Like, I was at a friend's house or something. We had it on, but no one was really watching. So okay, serious I, question. Do you remember the theme song? N- well, I don't know if it is or if it isn't. I think you're, if you're okay. thinking of... If, yeah, I think that's, that's the theme song. <laughs> well, it's not the theme song, is it? <laughs> is that the theme song? <laughs> okay. Okay, 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 okay. Wow, that was beautiful, Ollie. Thank you. It's it's exactly what people want to hear when they're on their way to work or when they're trying to chill out. <laughs> this is the point where we lose like half of our viewers. Yeah, listeners. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, so Steven Spielberg, let's talk a little bit more about that before we um, go into the next section. Uh, I mean, Steven Spielberg, obviously a titan in the film world, an undisputed master of the form, a controversial a controversial figure to some, but undeniably someone that is worthy of further discussion and someone that you have to take a closer look at if you're trying to give yourself a proper film education. And Jaws is perhaps, I don't know, I mean, a lot of people have their own Spielberg favorites, but it's probably held up as if not his best film, maybe like top three, right? Yeah, I would say so. I would agree with that. Okay. So, Raf, do you want to give us a little premise? Tell us about the movie a little bit? Sure. It involves a shark. 
Um, no, that's, that's, that's there's more, <laughs> there's more, there's more to that. Um, I, Jaws. I mean, where, where do I even begin? It's considered to be one of the greatest films ever made. It uh, kickstarted the summer blockbusters, the ones that we know every summer. Um, and it's about a great white man-eating shark that attacks, you know, beachgoers in a summer resort town. And uh, it's about, I think there's, uh, I mean, I haven't seen this film in ages, so I'm excited to, 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 to give it a revisit here. But it's about a police chief um, and a marine biologist and a shark hunter, three of the main characters that go about, uh, yeah, hunting this shark and studying it and getting to know it. Perhaps the ultimate monster movie. And it's you know, not even a real monster. It's about something that exists. Yeah, it, it demonizes the shark a little bit. Uh, and maybe this is why we've come to fear sharks a little bit because of this film. So mm, that's why the controversy as well with Steven Spielberg. Well... I'm excited to watch it properly this time. Um, mm -hmm. Not, as you guys know, not a fan of the scary movies, but I guess I guess it's a 1975 scary movie, so uh, we'll we'll see how scared I yeah, get. Yeah, there's, 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 there's guys in, in the people in 1975 were like punk ass wusses anyway. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know horror. Yeah. <laughs> they only lived through the Vietnam War. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> um, and on that note. And on that note. Um, okay. Well, I guess we're gonna go away and watch these movies again, and we'll get back to you in a little bit with our comments. Uh, <laughs> brilliant yo what's up guys uh so just watch jaws uh can't get the tune out of my head but uh yeah so just watch the movie and i don't know the, i think i'm gonna let raf and ollie start it with this one because i i want to leave a little bit of suspense yeah. you know because i just watched jaws yeah. just like the movie itself ollie do you want to start us off or shall i commit yeah. Uh, I would be happy to start us off. Um, so yeah, I hadn't seen this movie in quite a while, and that's part of the joy I should add about doing this podcast is that a lot of these are you know stone cold classics that I've just you know um, sort of classified in my mind as such, and you know I've just told myself uh, I don't need to see those again. They're classics. I love them. They're great, um, but I need to see check out new things and. Now I'm having an opportunity to revisit a lot of films that I saw when I was a child or when I was a teenager and uh, see how I think about them now. And yeah, so this was great. I hadn't seen this in many, many years um, and I thought it really held up. I think it is completely deserving of its title as a um, as a, a classic blockbuster and just a classic piece of genre filmmaking. Um, I think the technical aspects are still really, really effective. Like I like, okay. So for example, I don't get scared very much by movies these days, even though I love horror films and I love the idea of being scared by one as opposed to you, Jabriel. And, uh, I got shook, uh, one, one part, the, the bit when the head comes out of the, um, the pothole and the, that like, I literally like, I like jumped out of my skin and I was like, Whoa! And I almost never do that, even at movies that are traditionally built around jump scares. See, I found it really effective, really frightening and tense at moments. Um, I thought that it was really economically put together. I thought it was really well paced, 
just like in, incredibly fleet script and storytelling. And I really enjoyed the performances and I was thoroughly engrossed and I found it to be a really enjoyable movie going experience from the comfort of my own living room. So mm. yeah, I, I, uh, um, yeah, I would, uh, say that it is, um, I'm trying to think of like some, some like, uh, like pun I can use here with sharp to say that's great. But uh, even though I'm, I'm, I, I have a career in writing, I am failing to come up with something. So you would have would another say, bite at this. Yes. <laughs> you could say this film took a real bite out of me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, there it why is, that and i why i why would i say that i don't know folks uh, isolation okay <laughs> uh, but I anyway mean, raf why don't you start talking now you know what let me start talking and let's like deviate from ollie a little bit here no but you're right ollie i mean for me it 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 definitely still holds up and just to think i mean sometimes i watch i go back and revisit um you know older films and i and I don't consider the fact that they were made, you know, 40 years ago. Like this was 1975. And when I first watched it, I had, you know, no awareness of, of the decade it was even in. Um, but it, it, now to think of like what the, the, the accomplishments that they've made during that time, it, it's crazy. I mean, it launched some of blockbusters as we know them. It was the highest grossing film um, ever until you know star wars came about and 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 took that crown um <clears throat> but it also uh painted uh the the kind of new american wave this 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 new wave of cinema that that that, that came launching from uh the beginning of the 70s to to, to the late 80s let's say and, and and steven spielberg was a a pioneer one of the founding pioneers of the new hollywood era and and I think he definitely established himself with this title. Like he was a hot new director after releasing that film. Um, and if I if I may if I may step in here as well, I think I think it was a moment where new Hollywood and popcorn filmmaking, mainstream filmmaking, came together in the most perfect um, symbiosis. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and um, and it, it, it forever changed cinema. I mean, this film helped change cinema and it also helped um re revise uh hollywood it it, it, it established um, modern hollywood business you know it, it established the model for for now what we get as box office returns you know from action or adventure films this film helped set that up so it really reinvigorated and redefined cinema um and and for for good reasons i mean uh i was taken away by the technical aspects of it. I was blown away by how they created certain shots. And, and I mean, when you see the shark, you're like, holy shit. And sorry for, for my French here, but it, 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 it still holds up to this day. And it was 1975. That's all I have to say for now. Yeah. Just still yeah. blown away. So, Okay, so yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the tone of my voice yeah, there was. It a sounds. Bit, it sounds like you are a bit apprehensive about this film. Well, okay, so I do agree with you guys both on your on the technical aspects and how the shots. You know, like I watched. I remember watching this as a kid and thinking that it was like a new movie. I thought, like honestly, my memory of it, it was like, yeah, it came out in like ninety eight, ninety nine, but. 
it came out in 75 and it and like yeah you can see the difference between now and then but for that time what they accomplished was amazing but i found this movie so boring <laughs> i found it so boring guys um i found it really hard to get through the first half of the movie mm, really i i just didn't enjoy the first half of the movie when they were like trying to figure out if they should close the beach or or go and hunt it and all that stuff and dude like every character was just such a dick <laughs> they were all dicks they're all assholes yeah. like none of them wanted to cooperate every single one of them like can you give us an example of of, of how one of the characters yeah, was a dick like just okay now let me think about it so okay obviously there's been a bit of murders right bunch of murders because well not murders okay killings there were loads of killings and the the mayors the sorry was it the mayor uh oh the, I, I i can't remember his name um vaughn was it mayor um, vaughn the, the the political yeah, yeah the, the mayor of the town yeah so the mayor of the town like even though all these killings were happening it was like, oh, yeah, like the hotels. And I, I just didn't really feel it, you know? It didn't really feel believable to me, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if someone died, like the course of action is to just close the beach, you know? Like regardless of what happens. And then even the victims that were dying, like I didn't really feel any sort of connection to them because they were all just being stupid. Like I was just really angry, like with their decision-making in this movie, like the characters. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> don't do that. Like, you you know what to do. Yeah. Like, don't go swimming at midnight in the ocean. Like, everyone knows you shouldn't do that. <laughs> well, but, you've never been for a, yeah, a, a I mean, moonlit little, dip in the ocean? Yeah, a skinny, a skinny <laughs> midnight dip. With a beer ski? Well, yeah, I have. I have, but... <laughs> okay, so then you could be... You could be, <laughs> you could be that topless chick from the beginning yeah, of the movie. That yeah. could be you. <laughs> Okay, well, let's let's talk about that scene. How stupid was that scene with with her running away and the guy's like, "Hey, uh, I'm coming." <laughs> okay, no, I I, I don't I don't me. think that was a problem with the script. I think that was a problem with the actor playing the drunk uh, blonde guy. Yeah, I think yeah. his 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 attempt to try and act drunk on screen was pretty weird. <laughs> I, I think he's uh, a Mormon, and he, I think he was a Mormon in real life. I don't think he's ever actually been drunk. <laughs> You know, he probably doesn't know what it means. No, I'm, uh, I'm coming. I'm not drunk. No, I just don't know how to take off my clothes. Um, <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, look, I, I am I am with Jabril on that part, like uh, re-watching the first 10 minutes of that when they're all on the beach and then suddenly this girl looks at this guy and then she just runs away and he chases her. And they look, they, they sound <laughs> like they didn't know each other as well. So it's like just a bunch of strangers, like this dude She was being right flirtatious. Now. She was coming on. They were, they were you know, they were, they, right. they their eyes met across a crowded beach and you know they communicated telepathically i think <laughs> i think you're pretty fine i think you're right. pretty fine too let's go somewhere private so we can you know get to know each other a little bit better yeah instead of walking there and getting to like know each other let's run that's why <laughs> why not why not run she like let being, me bolt she was being cheeky okay i don't know why i'm defending the, the <laughs> I mean, guy I'm who chased saying, a woman like... into the ocean at night so. <laughs> yeah ollie watch watch where you're going with this Okay. And then he doesn't even get into the ocean. Yeah, because he part he, he falls just asleep because like, he's so drunk. Yeah, he just he just takes a nap. Like, what is the purpose of this? 
just kill the girl in a different uh, way. Come on, guys. Like, oh, that was such a useless for like I think that's why I, like that scene set the tone for me being like, fuck this Okay, movie. okay. So so did you not find the 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 part where she was attacked by the shark in the water to be effective though? Like her body being dragged across the water and then pulled under No. No? Okay. That was that was my least favorite oh, wow. shark scene. Wow, yeah. Um, look, I, I, I think I understand where Jabril is coming from. There's definitely uh, outdated scenes. Um, maybe nowadays we tend to go for a more realistic approach on, on certain aspects of, of filming. Obviously, this is, yes, it's a great white. So these are real sharks. <laughs> um, and would they do that to a human? No, most likely not. Uh, they wouldn't drag one human from one side of the, you know, the, the, the sea to the other, you know, like a fucking ride. Um, no, they'd probably like bite. They bite you. They bite your whole leg off and then they fuck off. Um, but yeah. I think the, the effectiveness of the terror and imposing and inciting fear to, to the audience is what the what that was, what that scene was, is the fact that you don't see the monster right the fact that you don't know what's below and you're just seeing this helpless yeah. girl being dragged from you know side to side that's uh just a technique to to to, to yeah to impose fear um just so just so you get the premise of like oh this is a very different movie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah and, and i i think we can talk a little bit more about that particular uh, stylistic choice in the film, not to show the shark as much in the early sections of the film, mm. uh, because I mean there is a bit of research that we can talk about later that make that is explains why they have to make that choice actually. Yeah, but um, it's really really effective in the film. I think just the the I mean it's been copied so many times by this point. So but it still feels very fresh. But when you see the um, the point of view of the shark in the water as it's swimming up to the um, uh, to the to the kids and everyone that are uh, swimming in the beach, off the beach, and it's following the boy on his little rubber dinghy. Mm. It's it, it and and when it just gets closer and closer, and you, and you can reason in your head while watching it. That's just a cameraman getting closer and closer to that <laughs> boy on the rubber yeah. dinghy. But yeah. <laughs> when you're watching it, you still you, there's some part of you that just goes on edge and thinks, ah, that shark is getting super close to that kid. <laughs> yeah yeah that's so I true think, yeah i think there's an effectiveness to it and it's certainly on my part and i mean most of the audiences that were watching it back in 1975 most of them would have recoiled from their seats and like you know really embraced like their armchairs and and i think that introduced a whole new level of entertainment there was some uh, something cathartic about about this level of fear that was brought into the, the cinema that everyone was as was uh, it was induced with fear i mean he he managed and and uh, and i'll talk about this a bit later um for the sharks point of view um for what this movie did for sharks which especially the great white which wasn't great but he managed to to um select a, a great white and make us fear this animal this 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 monster essentially from from this movie's point of view for 40 or 50 years like i remember the influence that it had on me when i was a kid and my mom would go like da 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 or my parents yeah would like sing the song and i would know the song you know i think jaws kind of did that for everyone 
I mean, I think everyone everyone yeah. had that experience of being of either having an older sibling or a or a mean older kid, like swimming up to you in the pool, yeah, as if they were a shark and then pulling you underwater. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, um, I was gonna say, I guess, like the reason I might have found it boring is because I guess I I don't have enough movies that I've watched that are from the same time period. You know, I've seen, I guess, the closest thing to Jaws would have been probably uh, Star Wars. Like, special effects-wise, wow. Star Wars, that was amazing. So watchable, I think. It's such a, but it was so do legendary. Do you think Star was Wars was boring as well? Because it was, it was done only four years after that. No. Okay. No, 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 no. So I, I think that Star Wars is... That 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 movie hold, like I I hold it in a special mm. place. You but know? you it think you're a, a you're special a, place in my in my heart. So you're saying that you think your inability to latch onto this film and to be engaged by it may could be explained by you just not being used to a certain style of uh, filmmaking or storytelling exactly. that was more common back mm. in the seventies or in a, in a, in a different time period. Yeah, yeah. Because like I think that's probably the only movie I've seen from the seventies is Star Wars. I'm not sure if the Warriors came out in the it 70s. It did, 1979. Yeah, 79 as well, yeah. 1979, okay. But you, you enjoyed you enjoyed Rear Window. Yeah, I did enjoy Rear which Window. Which is 20 so... years earlier, actually. Exactly. Mm. But it wasn't the same type of movie. Yeah. You know, like Rear Window was achievable. It's It's very difficult to get anything that looks like a real shark or, you know, like trying to do that cinematically and for the purpose of the story. It's very difficult to try and do that at that time in comparison to now with CGI and all that kind of stuff. So that is pretty impressive. And that's one of the things that I was very, that, that, that I found very engaging. You know, the, the parts of the film that I was engaged was um, like whenever there was a shark attack. Like the, the second half of the film, I, find, I found very, yeah. very good, very mm-hmm. interesting. I, I love the, the chemistry between um, the shark, the the shark hunter, and the police chief, and the the, mm. the marine biologist. I thought that was, I love that dynamic. I will agree with you that I think the, I will agree with you. Sorry that I think the um, the the second half of the film, uh, pretty much from when they mm-hmm. go out to sea on their boat, that is, I think that is yeah. the the best sec- stretch of the entire film. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's just more shark stuff, you know. Like I that that's what I, I came into this movie because you know there's a shark. Like let's you know what let's, let me just take it to the poster. The poster is so good. Mm. Like the shark coming up onto the person that's swimming. There's nothing like it. Yeah. There's. I it's such an iconic poster. Mm-hmm. Like I know countless people who who would say they recognize the poster rather than having having watched the movie. Oh, for like, sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the poster is so iconic itself and that's what drew, drew me in you know it's like oh like sharks and then there wasn't that much shark stuff going on it was just a bunch of people arguing the entire time <laughs> in the first half of the movie and i was just like oh just get get just get over it like just get get shit done stop arguing guys and yeah i'm like more, more shark stuff yeah and uh that's that's what i really enjoyed the, all the scenes with the sharks mm. like the cage scene uh, that was such a great sh- scene. Mm. I loved it. The way they made the the shark attack the the cage when it's like coming, like when you're in the point of view of the marine biologist. I can't remember his name. Just call him Richard Dreyfus. Dreyfus. Oh, the the the, 
the no the marine bio the merch the marine biologist sorry is um is Hooper Hooper uh the the police the police the chief of police for Amity Town is Brody yeah yeah and yeah. then the uh and then the shark hunter was Quint Robert Shaw Quint mm-hmm. okay yeah so when when you're when the I guess the point of view of the camera was the position of um, Hooper and you see the shark coming at you. That was, that was amazing. I thought that was really cool. And the fact that it was done in 1975, 10 out of 10, Mm. in my opinion. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then the, the, the second half of the movie, I mean, you had to basically bore the first half to really get to the second half and really appreciate this film for what it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I found it very difficult to not pick up my phone and just like, scroll through instagram yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i find that hard every movie i watch but yeah <laughs> yeah i i i have to say that i think even though i i will admit that i enjoy this the the part out at sea the most in this movie i think that the um i was con- i was wondering if i might be a little bit bored or unengaged or disengaged during the scenes that are set at, at the town because you do think that this might be the kind of movie where everything that happens between the shark attacks may be filler but I found myself pretty captivated and I found it so economical in storytelling. I felt like there was yeah. not a wasted scene. I feel like the characterization was very, um, very precise. I felt that they set up the stakes and the plot really easily and the, the conflict at the heart of the town, you know, between the, uh, the, the, the police chief whose duty it is to protect the citizens and then the mayor whose duty it is to protect the financial interests of the town. Um, mm. And and so yeah, I I still found it. and I think there's a lot of humor as well in the um in the the film. Um, I think Spielberg, apart from uh you know a few of his more stone cold serious films, always will inject humor into whatever mm. subject matter he's treating. And I think that uh that's part of what keeps this moving at such a fast clip. Um, is that there's a yeah, I found myself I laughing know. at a few points. I, I I maybe you found the jokes quite corny because I. I could see them being outdated. I, I just I didn't find them corny. I just found them unnecessary. Uh huh. I don't know. That, do you, like do you... I felt yeah, like like you said, I I feel like there's a lot of filler hmm. in the movie. I don't. I I I just don't know. I I don't know why I feel about it. This maybe I just decided to watch it on a bad day or something. But like I feel like yeah, like it's like the Instagram test for me. If I can watch a movie without going on my phone, I think that's a good movie. And with Jaws, I really had to fight for it. Like, I didn't go on my phone, but you had you had I to really fight for had to fight it. yeah, you had to fight for total immersion. Yeah. Um yeah, I I guess maybe what what's interesting is maybe yeah, the 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 period that it was that it was in um it's it's it, it it's hard to not get detached from the realities that these people were in um, when you're in 2020 being like, man, we don't talk like that. We don't react like that. No one, you know, converses like that. Um, so I get that. But um, I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm with Ollie on this one. Um, whenever there wasn't a, a, a scene that was dominated about, uh, about the great white, about the shark, all of these scenes with these characters um, were so well composed and orchestrated. I mean, I love Steven Spielberg, Stevie Speedy, as I like <laughs> to call him. Um, I love the way he orchestrates a scene. He is 
and he was one of the few directors that did that, which is why he helped paint the new wave, is he held shots. There's the simple act of holding a scene together of long takes. There were so many long takes in this where there was foreground action and background um, action and, and everything was orchestrated and designed to make you look that way and this way. Um, and there was dialogue exchanged in the foreground and in the background. So there's a lot of moving pieces within one shot. And that's just the, 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 the composition of each of his shots were so that there's something so admirable about it and something so uh, almost, almost like Alfred Hitchcock in a sense. And I think this movie is greatly influenced by the Hitchcock films and Spielberg as well is influenced by that director of how he humanizes a lot of these characters in a extraordinary setting. Um, and his, and yeah, just the way he manufactures and designs each shot and composes it um, really holds the movie together beautifully and one of my um one of my favorite things about spielberg movies is how he how he treats the family household like the family unit like mm. you, and you don't have to know a lot about uh spielberg to know that he's always interested in family dynamics um and particular relationships between fathers and sons in his films and i you, you know what you might look as as like a throwaway moment or unnecessary, like the moment where is, is I think is is really telling about the characters, like the moment with um, where uh the chief of police Brody is, um sitting at home stressed at the dinner yes. table because of yes. uh, because there's been a second death on his watch due to the shark, and he's just there stressed and he's you know rubbing his temples and clasping his hands together, and then his son is just mimicking yeah. his actions. And then he notices it and then he leaves his son. Scene. And it just, I mean, that scene doesn't exactly like have any bearing on the A plot, but it just, without any dialogue, tells you a lot of, a lot more about who those characters are and where they're coming from than, you know, yeah. any five, any five minute scene, you know, filled with dialogue or exposition. See, he captures, yeah, he captured these moments. Mm. That's it. That's, that's what he does. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, like, um, I totally forgot about that scene, but that was actually one of my favorite scenes. I really enjoyed that. That was really nice. I, I really like that because I remember doing that myself, <laughs> you know, like monkey see, monkey yeah. do. Like I'd always just absolutely copy, copy whatever my dad was doing or whatever. So, yeah. so, so since you brought up, um, you know, you mentioned that that was one of your favorite scenes. Does everyone want to talk about what their favorite scenes from the movie were? Or what were some of the aspects they enjoyed? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to go a bit traditional on this one. And maybe this is everyone's, I mean, is popular uh, opinion. And I'm going to have to go with that is um, when he throws the bucket of food in the ocean and one minute there's no shark. The next he appears and he recoils into the boat and says, we're going to need a bigger boat. I mean, that for me, that just <laughs> makes, that just did it for me. I, 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 you get a glimpse of, 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 of that shark. I mean, and, and, and you see in it all. Full, and again, in full this, scale for the first time. Yeah. In full scale for the first time. And I think what Steven Spielberg does well is, is to capture their reaction. I mean, for me, a lot of it came through their eyes and their, um, their reaction of seeing such a gigantic monster. You know, yeah, yeah, that's a great scene. Uh, Gabriel, what about you? 
yeah, so I think my favorite scene would be the the cage scene. Just that that whole sequence of events, I thought that was really mm. cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed that part. Yeah, I I think, uh, yeah, I think I think that um, uh, even though of course there are so many incredible action sequences involving the shark here, my favorite scene is probably the uh the conversation, the extended drunken conversation they have on the boat, oh, where yeah. they're told where they're oh trading battle scars. Oh. And and they're singing. Yeah. And they're so singing. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I, I just love that. Uh, I think it's been parodied in a few other films since then. But the way it starts off with them just kind of, you know, this sort of um, very macho game of one-upmanships with the various yeah. scars they just, have on their bodies. Like a, a, and then you have the cut. A, a big dick contest. Yeah, exactly. A pissing contest. And then you cut to the, you have a nice moment with Roy Scheider's character where he, you see that he's considering showing like a tiny scar that he has, but then he, thinks again because you know he's worried that it just won't live up to any of theirs and then this conversation which is just you know it's quite um absurd and silly in a way it gives way to one of the most uh tense moments in the film where uh you know a single observation about his a tattoo that he had removed on his body leads into a story from quint about his experiences on the uss indianapolis which if you guys didn't know was a real um a real battleship or cruise ship cruise liner that was sunk in the Pacific during World War II and resulted in, I think, hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people dying. And the mm. way they weave that uh, that American history and, and, and myth-making into this fictional story about a shark and this fictional character, I thought it was um, just really clever screenwriting and really organic yeah. characterization. Yeah, definitely. I'd have to agree. Yeah, and 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 if we could like go into the 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 performance aspect of it, I mean Robert Shaw, who was a legendary actor, um, you know he was a very theatrical man as well. Uh, had performed in the old Vic with, I mean I'm gonna bore you with the details, but anyways, he's a big actor, and a very powerful actor, um, and he just delivers one of, I, it's one of my favorite monologues, uh, in, in film. And he does he does it with such a nuance and such incredible power. Uh, and a fun fact about this monologue, actually, is um, as much as he was a legendary actor, he was also a legendary drinker. And uh, <laughs> in between scenes, he would uh, go off and get drunk when he wasn't filming. Um, and they had to assign a PA, which is a production assistant for Jabril and other listeners out there, um, to look after him. Uh, but he would get the PA drunk as well, so they had to send another. So they really had to take care of him. But during that performance, during those scenes, uh, I think they shot it once, uh, and 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 um, he was drinking actual whiskey uh, during the performance, and he actually got kind of drunk whilst he was doing the monologue, and he diverted from the actual um, script and went on to to perform his own lines and make up his own things uh, to the point where he actually became incomprehensible uh, towards the end that they had to film it again. So there are two versions in that, in that monologue, one where he's actually drunk and you can tell with his eyes being a bit bloodshot red and then one where he's sober. So it's a fun little game that you can play if you rewatch it of just like noticing when he's drunk and when he's sober. I mean, he's, he's, He's he's like legit incomprehensible. 
for half of this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's an incredible <laughs> performance and he's so good. And, and, and it's probably a sign of a fantastic actor that even though I couldn't understand what he was saying half the time, I was still mesmerized by him whenever mm. he was on screen. But I didn't have yeah, subtitles and, he, and, he, and I was like, huh? Like after like every <laughs> other line. <laughs> yeah, very subdued, very subdued accent. <laughs> Yo, guys, so I don't know what just happened, but I think my Zoom just like oh, no. freaked out for like a minute, maybe a minute and a half, and I didn't catch a word of that conversation. Oh, it seemed like you. It seemed like nothing happened, but I just felt like I needed to mention. Oh shit! That. Right. Oh, sorry. We hadn't noticed. Did you guys notice? Uh, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Keep going. <laughs> sorry. We were, just for the record, we were talking about uh, Robert Shaw's acting and how difficult it was to understand what he was saying, and Raph was giving telling right. a story about, right. about yeah, how yeah. he was drunk on set a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I caught the end of the. The drunk bit, cool. but yeah, no, I get you guys. Um, I found it, I found him really funny, especially when he showed up in the, was it the town hall meeting? Yes, that monologue was great as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's fun. That that, was really that funny. scene is um, it's like ten thousand. I thought watching throughout this um this film, I I I, I thought is, I picked up on like a lot of uh scenes or character introductions in particular that I thought were um playing into tropes, very familiar tropes of blockbuster genre films. But then I had this. Uh, I had the second thought after that that, oh well, these probably weren't even tropes established by that by the time they no. were making them. Yeah. They they probably, in many ways, invented the form of classic of mm-hmm. classic blockbuster popcorn filmmaking. Like that introduction where Quint just you know scratches the chalkboard as a way mm-hmm. of getting everyone's attention. I think that's probably been parodied or, uh, r- you know, ripped off so many times since then. Yeah. Um, and to go, to go beyond the, the, uh, the performances, I don't know, Ollie, if you wanted to touch on some of the, uh, the technical jargons, let's say the, the, the technical, uh, uh, marvel of this film and, and some of these, uh, if you had any facts about, cause there's obviously this was a movie that was, um, made with tremendous effort, but also, um, and I, I I did some research into this, and I think I watched the making of as well a, a few years back. But Jaws was marred with so many technical problems, including the shark not working um, and them shooting in the Atlantic, Atlantic Ocean, um, that it was originally scheduled for a 65-day shoot that ballooned into 159 days, uh, not counting wow yeah not counting post production and. Uh, there's this funny thing where the cast, because it went on for so long, the cast were actually like, they they were tired of it. They were they were sick of it by the end that they stopped calling it Jaws and they started calling it Flaws. <laughs> <laughs> oh snap! No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's yeah, that's that's one one of the facts that I got that I kind of laughed at. Uh, I don't know if you had any more, Ollie. I mean, I just jumping off your point about the shark, the uh, you probably know about this in more detail than I do, but the story that's often repeated around this film is that uh, that everyone knows is that this film basically they when the shark uh, the shark was meant to appear um, or to be seen properly in full view way earlier on in the film, um, but when the shark the mechanical shark that they were putting together for the shoot arrived on set. Spielberg took one look at it and said, you know, this is, oh my God, this looks so silly. <laughs> this, it looks, 
terrible. This is going to completely suck the air out of the movie the moment we show this thing on screen. So I think they ended up just having to send it back to, you know, put it back in the shop so they could work on it to improve the look. And in the meantime, they just had to shoot all the scenes uh, basically without a functioning shark. And so that's why they ended up um, keeping the shark submerged in the water for so many of those sequences and then substituting the camera as the, you know, putting the camera in the place of the shark, essentially. And that is, as I've mentioned earlier on, is, I think, a big reason as to why this movie is so effective at scaring its mm. audiences. And then I think by holding, like, it's like a masterpiece of restraint on this. And when you see the shark towards the very end, some people maintain that it still looks, it's still kind of anticlimactic, that it still looks stupid. But I, I personally <laughs> think that it looks great, partially because they've managed to build up such a presence already around it without it being, you know, glimpsed once. So that when you do see it in full view, you're aware of what it's capable of. And that just makes it all the more terrifying. Absolutely. And um, I, I did have one more thing to note about the shark. So the cast called Jaws Flaws, and they also <laughs> had a nickname for the shark because the shark never really worked. I mean, they, they suffered so many technical problems from this film, like Ollie mentioned, and the shark was the biggest aspect of it, and it fell technically so short. I think it only fully appears one hour and 20 minutes into the film. Um but they, there was so it was laden with technical problems that they started to call the shark the Great White Turd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, there well, you, you have some, it. You got, some, you got some real wiseacres on this shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Just a bunch of wise guys over here. Um, <laughs> but 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 to but to um Steven Spielberg's credit he found such creative and inventive ways to um to hide the fact that they didn't really have a shark uh including uh Quint's yellow barrels what what a great i mean that's just oh, creative gold right yeah. there that that was that was a really smart way of doing it and the the methodical process in terms of you know that whole sequence with the barrels is it's 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 so good as well like roger ebert you know the film critic uh roger ebert once said that when he was in his i think it was in a review of castaway that for whatever reason watching human beings solve problems and come up with practical solutions and working at something is often at least a little bit interesting to watch on screen and i feel that their solution of you know throwing the the, the yellow barrels in and then trying to wrap it around the shark and then lead it back to shore. Like that whole sequence must last about 15 minutes. And like you said, you barely see the shark during that period, but it's really engrossing. And I think, you know, Jabril, you said it wasn't, it wasn't until those parts that you were actually drawn into the story. Exactly. Like um, it's, that I remember is the significant like part where I was like, okay, now this movie started to be like really cool. I found I found the way that they did that was really nice, but even just like the the exchanges in between those moments, just like the entire time that they're on the boat, I really enjoyed, mm. and um, especially when like they get the numerous like shark attacks, which was pretty crazy. Like when the shark comes up and just bites the end of the boat, oh. Oh, I really really like that part. <laughs> 
that was really and cool. That, <laughs> I had a really funny. And obviously, I, I found myself laughing a little bit. Yeah, because it's totally implausible. I mean, you're talking about, Raph, you mentioned that sharks don't like grab a human being and drag them across the water. No, I don't think yeah. sharks will chomp through, you know, <laughs> the hull of a ship in order to get to a human being. I mean, this shark's no uh, longer doing this to eat. This shark is like out for revenge, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's personal. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. And I, and, and I do have to, I think, address the fact that, um, I mean, and this is one of the reasons uh, why, I think only one reason why I disengaged just a little with this film is because of the uh, demonization of, of a great white. Obviously, this is 1975. They probably had very little um, research about these great whites. Um, they, there was very little research done in that time period. So de demonizing a creature of this magnitude of, of this fucking weight and size. Yeah, why not? It's clever because it's real. But it's also uh, a misrepresentation a little um, for for the sharks. You know, they're incredibly intelligent creatures. Um, they don't uh, hunt humans for sport, as it's seen in this film. And yeah, they don't take off half a ship. Um, so it, those monster elements uh, obviously have scarred the great whites for a very long time. For like I said, forty years, we it held our grip on and our fears on sharks. Um, but slowly, that is demystifying a little bit. I think as we're getting more research on on this animal and the intelligence that it has. Um, so that's the only disengagement I had with this film is that, yeah, obviously it's a bit surrealistic to think that a shark is going to do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's common knowledge now, I think, to most people that partly because of this film, Jaws, the threat of sharks is one of the most overstated or exaggerated in the world. Uh, I mean, I think it's still, on average, one, there's, in the U.S. at least, only one person a year will die from a shark attack on average, maybe even less. And I mean, to put that into perspective, 150 people die on average each year from coconuts falling on their head. <laughs> yeah, so maybe they should make a monster movie about coconuts. <laughs> yeah, cause of death, <laughs> coconuts. Coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this summer. <laughs> Killer coconuts. Falling on a head near you. <laughs> oh. Starring Patrick Swayze <laughs> and Ryan and Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So I think we should just maybe wrap it up here with a question and then a little bit of a rating afterwards. So I was thinking, if you were in that cage and you were the one trying to inject the shark with that needle thing what would you do like what would you do in that position tough tough question because what a nightmarish scenario to be in um i, I think i would let go of my weapons and uh seeing that these great whites are such incredible and intelligent creatures i would do nothing but just witness it just look at it that's it interesting yeah, very peaceful, very pacifist. You way would definitely get eaten, I man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I'm dead. I'm dead. I mean, the moment the shark, the moment the shark literally causes the steel cage to bend, <laughs> like when this shark is able to 
tear open the cage like he does in the movie. At that point, I would have I would have um, probably run out of ideas. Um, but I don't know. I hear that you, you know how they they say like punch a shark on the no on the, on the nose or something, or like because maybe that's because mm. that's how dolphins usually attack sharks. Um, but maybe if I wasn't too paralyzed by fear, I might give it a bop on the a bop on the nose or wherever its nose should be. A little one isn't two. That what, isn't that what Leo? Isn't that what Leonardo DiCaprio did? When in doubt, um, you know, do what Leonardo DiCaprio would do, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's my motto in life. Yeah. <laughs> um, what uh, would you do, Gabriel? After after like violently shitting myself, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which might be an effective way of repelling um, the shark. Possibly, you know, it's like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, you're talking. Yeah, you're bothering. Uh, yeah, I'd probably do the same as Ollie. I think he had like some sort of knife or something. But he, he or, dropped like, it and he, he, dro- that he, he dropped using. so many things in the movie. Like they should, they should take yeah, it he to does. his hand. He's like, oh, sh- oh shit. Yeah. He's kind of yeah. useless. He's, as as Quinn says, you're just a college educated nobody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. but yeah like if i had a knife or something i guess i'd try and like stab it in the eye or something but i mm, always go for the i'm eye. like 99 percent dead in that situation so <laughs> yeah i think we all are so yeah well anyways let's let's get to the ratings yeah so how yeah, about uh all of you give us give us your rating for this uh, I'd, I'd have to give it 10 harpoons out of 10. Really just a, a classic that is in a league of its own. Mm, absolutely. Um, I will go with Ollie on that one, and I will say 9.5 or 9.7 shark teeth out of 10. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to go a little bit lower than that. I'm going to say a 7.5, we need a bigger boat. Out of seven point, out of out of ten. <laughs> I don't think that's how that. Works. I don't know. I guess they need seven point five boats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's my metric. But yeah, seven point five out of ten for nice. me. Like it's it's not a bad movie. I was just, I guess I gotta watch it again after watching. I feel like this is with every movie. I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I gotta watch this again. No, no, no. You should have some, you know, courage in your convictions. Trust your instinct. If yeah. you didn't like the movie, there's a good chance. Maybe it would benefit from a second watch, but there's a good chance that it's just not for you or you didn't respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 7.5. Yeah. It's pretty good. I was, I was expecting you to give it a lower score, actually. It doesn't have to be a classic for everyone. Yeah, no, no. 7.5 for me. I feel like I enjoyed it more than I did Buried, let's say. Solid. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's better than a deep blue sea, I'll tell you that much. Shut your mouth. <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up here. It was uh, it was, it was, was really good to have you guys. Absolutely. Um, and I guess I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Should we finish with a theme song? All right, guys. Catch you guys soon. (laughs) That is the end of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh. Hey, guys. If you like the show, 
don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on both at The Movie Newbie. Thanks for listening, guys, and catch you soon.